America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Creed 2. We don't do what we love. Then we wouldn't exist. Time, kid. It's like nothing really matters to him right now, including me. You gotta think real hard about this. Do you got people that need you now? I'm taking the fight. Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago, who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. Don't do this. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. That kid was raised in hate. It's dangerous. He broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. It ain't worth it. It's not just us anymore, Dave. I want to rewrite history. If you want to fight this man, that's your business. But don't pretend this is about your father. This here is all about my wife, my kids, the life that I live. Through the night, I was his. It was right what I did. My ups and downs, my slips, my falls. The tribulation, my heart, my balls. This won't be the end of me. Or you. It can't be, because we're a team. Now you know what you're fighting for. Learn more about yourself. And when I stepped in that ring, it wasn't all about me. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Creed 2, and the story is as follows. In 1985, Russian boxer Ivan Drago killed former U.S. champion Apollo Creed in a tragic match that stunned the world. Against the wishes of trainer Rocky Balboa, Apollo's son and current champ Adonis Creed accepts a challenge from Drago's son, another dangerous fighter. Under guidance from Rocky, Adonis trains for the showdown of his life, a date with destiny that soon becomes his obsession. Now, Creed and Balboa must confront their shared legacy as the past comes back to haunt each man. The film is starring Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, Tessa Thompson, and Dolph Lundgren. It is directed by Stephen Cable Jr. and written by Sylvester Stallone and Jewel Taylor. Joining me for this review, I have Danilo Castro. How's it going, everybody? Let's get the boxing gloves on. Yeah, round two of yeah. Creed, right? Yeah. So I want to first start off by asking you, Danilo, mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on the first film, uh, Creed, from 2015, 
with the uh, same cast of Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, Tessa Thompson. What, what did you think of that first film in this new reinvigorated franchise? Um, I would say going into the first Creed, I was a little bit leery just because I really liked the way Rocky Balboa had uh, kind of wrapped up the Rocky series. I thought it was a good end point. So I was a little hesitant about like them starting things up again. But but Coogler and the the cast really kind of rose to the occasion and, and it kind of renewed my interest in terms of going back into this world. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think I've rewatched it a couple of times. It holds up. You know, it's, it's, it's a good uh, it's a good soft reboot of sorts but it but i think it progresses things enough to kind of stand on its own yeah there's a similar uh theme shared with creed and creed 2 um that you know i think might be starting to get a little bit repetitive but it is this whole idea of paying homage to the past while building a new legacy for the future mm-hmm. and i thought that creed did an amazing job with that i think ryan coogler's direction was very creative it um definitely was delicate when it needed to be it also packed a punch no pun intended when it needed to and kudos to him for getting an amazing performance out of sylvester stallone that nearly won him the oscar you, you know the guy won critics choice golden globe for his performance and did get an Oscar nomination for it and turned in what I still think is the best work of his career in that film. So if you can get Sylvester Stallone to do that, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's, that, that alone is worthy of praise. But <laughs> Michael B. Jordan uh, it was really the unsung hero I felt that year while Sylvester Stallone was getting all the accolades. I mean, you know, he t- Michael B. Jordan so, like just turned around and gave the best performance of his career in Creed and not many people seem to notice that. So uh, the film also introduced us to Tessa Thompson, uh, who has now gone on to have a really fantastic career and is continuing that uh, with projects such as Westworld. She was recently this year in Sorry to Bother You, and she's just been showing up in a, a lot of great, great uh, projects. So definitely a huge fan of Creed, one of my favorite boxing films of all time. Now we come to Creed 2, and I have to say I was a little hesitant with this one because we had a change in director, uh, Stephen Capel Jr., a director whose work I'm not familiar with uh, prior to seeing this movie. The script was being written this time by Sylvester Stallone and Jewel Taylor, who, I mean, did I have confidence that Stallone could adequately handle the foundation that was built from Creed and continue it through with Creed 2? Sure. Did I think that Creed 2 was going to be better than Creed 1? Not really, and that's pretty much the answer to everything here, is that Creed Two progresses the story, I think, in a very natural and organic way, carries over the same themes from the first film, and it also is not as good as the first film because it just doesn't feel as fresh and exciting, but I cannot stand here and say that I think it is outwardly a bad film in any way, shape, or form. No, no, I agree with you. I think... uh and, and, and I'm going to keep kind of going back to these as a comparison point, but I think it is to uh, Creed two is to Creed one. What I think many of the Rocky sequels were to the first Rocky. It's, it's entertaining. It's well done, but at the same time, it, it doesn't necessarily top the original. How could you? Yeah. You know, how could you top the original? I mean, that's the, that's the problem with these. And that's why I feel like with Creed two, in many ways, it almost seems like we're giving it a pass so to speak, mm-hmm. um, because the work from the main trio of actors is so, so strong. Jordan Thompson and Stallone. I mean, even surprisingly, Dolph Lundgren in this is That's like... That's what I was going to say, yeah. Like, holy hell. Like, where did that come from, you know? <laughs> I didn't expect any of that. Unfortunately, his son in this movie, uh, played by Florian uh, Montenu. I think I'm saying that incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays Victor Drago in this. Uh, you know, he's a 
big physical presence. He's hulking and he looks intimidating. And he has that one scene with him and his father that actually is um, pretty tragic in many ways, where this son is living vicariously through his father. And, you know, he kind of turns around on his father and says, like, you know, why are we doing this? Like, this is all about you. It's not about me. You don't care about me. And it's, it's actually, let me tell you, I wish they had given a little bit more to him in this movie because I really found that they gave that storyline enough to make us humanize those characters where, you know, like in Rocky Four, for example, they're the Russians, you know, yeah. the, 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 the evil Russians. And that's like all the characterization that was needed. Here, they actually felt like human characters. Um, and while I understood um, Ivan Drago's uh, situation in this film where he's trying to recapture his honor um, and do that through his son this time around because obviously he's older – I really, really wish that uh, more could have been given actually over to his son instead of um, that one scene near the end of the film because, man, they they like they did a really good job of getting me to care about that relationship. They they do, and, and, and that's a good point. The idea of, like, they hit on it, but they think they could have hit it a little harder because it's one of the few things in this movie I can point to where uh, there's not really a precedent in terms of humanizing uh, Rocky's opponent that much or, or Adonis's opponent in this case. Um, so I thought that was a nice thread that maybe they could have done a little more, but but for what they did do, I did enjoy it, and I thought it was one of the strong points uh, of the well, film. One, one of the weak points of the film is the commentary during the boxing fights, because I think the dialogue is so on the nose. A little bit. But there's even one point where one of the uh, commentators during one of the fights, he calls the fight Shakespearean. And <laughs> I, I, I kind of like, I loved it and I hated it, and I, I loved it because it is. And I love that it is, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really do like this story of father and sons, or in the case of Creed and Rocky, father-like figure, um, kind of clashing the past and the present are, you know, heading for this epic showdown. I, I really, really did like that. I just didn't need the movie to tell me that. And yeah. I felt like the commentary so much during those fight scenes was just like telling me everything that I already knew. And it just became kind of... um it was almost like it was almost like it was talking down to its audience. Yeah, I can. I believe there was a scene earlier too where um, where uh, Adonis uh, Michael B. Jordan's character is watching Sports Center, and and I believe one of the anchors says something along the lines of like, "Boy, if I was him, I would not be able to, to take that." Or but not be, like it was just such a. Uh, it was like, okay, we get it. Yeah, you know that they, they don't talk like that. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but I'm going to keep going back to this over and over that I feel like this movie, the sequel, progresses the story from Creed 1 in a very natural and organic way. In my opinion, I don't know whatever route they could have taken this sequel in. Mm-hmm. I think it is the perfect story to tell. And I think it completes um, the saga, so to speak, of both you know Rocky and what they started with Creed 1 and how here's this fighter who's living in the uh, shadow of his father and he's trying to forge his own legacy separate of that. And now I know that Creed got a little flack from people for leaning maybe a little bit too heavily on the already established legacy of Rocky Mm -hmm. and how they wanted Creed to be more singular and individual and kind of separate of that. Tell tell his story. Um, I I think that, you know, the, uh, the reality though is you can't tell Creed's story without also continuing the Rocky story. And in Rocky, uh, sorry, not Rocky, in Creed 1, we thought that Stallone's story was going to come to an end. Yeah. 
and it didn't. Yeah. And in this film, that doesn't even get brought up. No, it doesn't. That's a good point. So I, I found that very interesting that there wasn't even a line of dialogue or anything about like and, – and if there was, it was so subtle that I honestly didn't even – it seemed like to me they kind of just brushed that under a rug, like this whole idea of Rocky being sick. I believe at one point when Rocky and Adonis are fighting – Adonis says something along the lines of who took care of you when you were sick or something like that. I think that's the sure. one line they throw to it. But you're right. Mm-hmm. It is a little uh, given that it was such a huge point in the in the first film. Like I said, it's one of those things, Dan, where you kind of say to yourself, all right, we've done this whole homage to the past thing a couple of times. I'm ready for Creed's story to really begin and have it be about him, his family, his life, his own issues and his own uh, things that he has to fight through that is not tied to Rocky anymore. Mm -hmm. And the feeling I walked away with when I got out of this movie was I have absolutely no idea now, no idea what they can possibly do with a third film in this franchise. Yeah, I felt like, and and not necessarily like this is a bad thing, but I felt like they spent all the gas in the tank on this one. Yeah. No, it's true because I, I, I worry now that the third film is going to be you just go to the well too many times, you know, and uh, yeah. it's yeah, it's going to run dry at a certain point And, you know, we're going to turn on it yeah. and we're going to find ourselves in a similar situation that we found ourselves in with the Rocky franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that is I, I thought this film did a good job of taking something that I mean, I'll admit when I heard that it was Drago and Drago's son, I was like, are they really going to do that? Mm-hmm. But they managed to execute it in a way that I think is actually like we like we kind of uh, talked about very dramatically poignant very well done and and not Mm -hmm. silly within the world of the rocky universe yeah um and it's a good story because it ties in adonis's story and it ties in rocky's story i don't know how many more stories you can find that do that yeah and it's nothing to do with this film might i add if they decide to end everything now at this point not make another not make another film at this point i think that would be okay i think it would be to be quite fair yeah, I think it feels it feels like both characters hit a nice point of resolution uh, by the end of this film. Yeah, you know, I feel happy. I feel I feel like I've gotten enough of both of them. Um, I yeah, I, I couldn't even begin to think as I walked out of the theater. I was like, what could they do with a third one? And that's the problem is that if we're wondering that, then you have to say to yourself, whatever they are going to come up with probably won't be as good yeah (laughs) yeah you know i I fear i fear for the continuation of this franchise but let's keep our uh focus on this one though um i want to talk a little bit about uh adonis's story in this i want to talk about his relationship more with bianca uh played by tessa thompson here uh how did you feel about the progression of their relationship and where that storyline headed i I liked it i got definitely um i got little bits and pieces of rocky too Mm -hmm. yeah Um, with the you know with the with the with the marriage and the um the pregnancy and the medical issues obviously in the first i mean in rocky 2 the medical issues were different than that of uh adonis and and his wife but uh i got shades of that and i I thought it was handled well while i was thinking oh this is like rocky 2 i wasn't sitting here thinking oh they're ripping off rocky 2 i think i think thompson and, and jordan have really good chemistry and i think really hope, good yeah yeah I, th- I think that that really helps um distinguish it i think the execution is what elevates it more so than what necessarily they're doing i also like this um i don't even know i don't know if it's so much symbolism or what it is but like in the third act i really love this idea of 
Creed entering this hostile environment, and it feels like the environment that he's entering uh, is almost the cinematic landscape of 2018, where the crowd is booing him, and we're like, oh, we don't really want this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then when she, um, spoiler, kind of does his entrance music, I love the idea that both of them are doing this together and that they're both in, like, in this together. Um, yes, it, like, you know, there is there is kind of like an imbalance between um, what she wants and how her storyline is so tied to him. You know, they, they, I think they do an adequate job of keeping, like, her career goals with her music mm-hmm. um, in the screenplay where they can. And I know the film is called Creed and it's not, you know, called Bianca or anything like that. But I, I mean, like, could it could it be a little bit better, the two-hander between the two of them? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that when you're juggling too many storylines with also trying to pay homage, like I said before, to the past, you're trying to humanize these um, antagonists and the Dragos. You're trying to continue Rocky's story. Unfortunately, I think Bianca's storyline with Adonis and this and their uh, relationship with their family, their daughter, um, as you said before, I think that it get like, once again, like I said, it gets touched upon, but it doesn't go as far as I felt like it possibly could have. Um, and I think that, you know, while the film, like I said before, it does a good job of handling the past storyline while also trying to balance this new storyline for, you know, Adonis and his family. I'm I'm ready at this point to let go of the past and just have a movie with those characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, cause like like they've done a good job balancing it, but I, I'm just ready at this point to kind of give the story fully over to them. And I don't think they're going to do that, which is you know kind of a sad thing. I don't think they are too. I think that the the Stallone kind of stamp is it's a tough one to separate because as strong as the Creed brand is, it is still kind of on the back of the Rocky movies. So I don't, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. I almost get, speaking about this, I almost, it's similar to kind of where Star Wars found itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a tricky thing to kind of extrapolate the characters that you loved in the first place and kind of just give it to the new people. It's a tricky yeah. thing. And I don't know if there's necessarily a right or a wrong way to do it. Um, but I agree with you about, I did. I like the integration of her doing the the, the walkout song because it felt at least that there was uh, sort of a thread being tied, like you said, with her music career. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the Drago thing, it's it, it was hit on good. Maybe could have been a little stronger. I guess that seems to be a recurring thing with the points. Yeah, no, like it's ad, it's adequate. Like yeah, it's, it is it's adequate. fine. Adequate's it's the word it's, for it's, it. It does what it needs to do, but it doesn't have that one little thing to kind of give it that little push. And that's where I think the Ryan Coogler factor comes in. Yeah. I think that when you have a filmmaker that gifted and that creative um, that can hit those beats very, very well, I think that that would have elevated this possibly to the standard of the first, if not maybe more so. Instead, I think what we got was we got a really solid entry here that is not, like I said before, terrible, but at the same time, it doesn't reach the highs of the first film. No, it doesn't. Which, like like I said, I mean, Stallone obviously had his hands all over this in terms of the writing, but uh, it does feel a bit fashioned in the way that he wrote a lot of those Rocky sequels. Not in both the good and the bad, I guess I will say. It's nostalgic. It's, it is. you know, old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> like Rocky. Like Rocky. At this yeah. Point. Yeah. And maybe we need a bit of old fashioned, you know? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I have to say, like, I walked out of this and I wasn't feeling bad. And I felt like it did harken back to 
uh, those Rocky sequels, you know, and mm-hmm. those Rocky sequels were designed to make people feel good. And I mean, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> so like, like with that said, like, what did you think of, um, what did you think of the montage this time? The training montage? I personally loved it. Yeah. But the, the way they set up right before the montage, they mentioned that the fight's going to be in Russia. And I was like, don't take them to Moscow and just do like Rocky four montage light. And I'm so glad they didn't. They they made it. A, they took it into a, a really cool direction with it. Yeah, being out in the desert, yeah. and I, it just it, that was like the one element where I felt like we were getting something different, something unique and fresh. And um, I thought it was really cool. Like yeah. some of the things that he was doing to you know get tough and withstand the punishment and just reach peak physical, you know. <laughs> form yeah. no i agree he's reached his final form <laughs> his level's over nine thousand. <laughs> i thought it was really really dramatically well done yeah, absolutely and i will say uh credit to stephen capel jr he 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 finds some really great images to drop in here especially yeah. during the montage when he's shadow boxing kind of near the fire oh yeah like that. that's great running, it's, it's just like it's really like it, it it would fit within a montage of all these films that mm-hmm. feel right at home. And I like the music choices, too. Yeah. I'll tell you this, though. Surprisingly, what I didn't like this time around, I did not like the score uh, by uh, Ludwig uh, Goranson. Oh, yeah. I thought it was so repetitive. It was a little bit. I feel like I kept hearing the same... I, 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 you know, at this point, it's like forgettable to me because I can't really... So I can't really describe it. But I just remember, and I have a note here that just says... Score repetitive, used like every scene. They they kept doing a thing with Stallone where they would tease that that little rocky romantic theme from the earlier films, but they would mm-hmm. they would just sprinkle a little bit every time he was saying something. Yeah, and I, ironically, it was like either give me more of it or or give me less of it. Like I'm at a weird amount of like you know what I mean. Yeah. Now, I'm with you that the training montage actually gives Adonis his own iconic images in a sort of way that I really, really appreciated. And some moments like him boxing on the water is so cool. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love the image of him running down the desert road. Uh, that's all really great. You know, there, there's a couple of really good moments here, both in terms of editing, um, the sound. Actually, my favorite technical element of the movie, I would say, is the sound mixing. Especially during the fight scenes. It's really strong. Oh, man. The way they drop out, like, the crowd, uh, the ambience noise. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of get more focused in on Creed's uh, headspace uh, during those fights. And the way that the sound of the blows, like, when he would get a hit, like, you just felt it. When he took, like, a rib shot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Painful. Yeah. Would Would you say the strongest out of these films? It's really well done. I thought it was very strong. I mean, like, strong enough that, I mean... It might make my personal lineup for best sound mixing at the end of the year, possibly. Right, and how that definitely jumps to mind. Yeah, those were, I was grimacing in my seat, like, And here's like a really incredible thing, too, that I wasn't expecting so much. Mm -hmm. I was really, really surprised uh, with this new cinematographer uh, that was brought on, Kramer uh, Morgenthau, I Mm -hmm. think I'm saying that correctly. Um, He shot a couple of films, uh, for sure. Like, he shot... Door of the Dark World. Uh, he's worked on. Um, That's an interesting one. Yeah, he's worked on Game of Thrones. Okay, and a few other a few other films. Not the same cinematographer that was from uh, the first film. Uh, that was actually done by, if I remember correctly, it was um, uh, Marcy uh, Alberti. Okay. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, she had also shot uh, the Fighter 
as well. Uh, not the fighter. Whoa, Jesus. <laughs> I'm getting getting this like all over the place now. No, 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 no. She, uh, she had shot um, uh, the, the, Darren, the Darren Aronofsky one. Uh, oh, the wrestler. Yeah, 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 okay. the wrestler. Um, <laughs> but the, and there was, you know, and there was like some really, really great fight choreography in that first film. I mean, that one take fight was unbelievable. Yeah. There's nothing in here that is ever as good as that. However, I could see that there was an effort to carry over the same visual aesthetic established within the first film and try to recreate it here. I agree. The the, the cohesiveness of the trade-off, given that this isn't the same director or cinematographer, is really strong. I think if you ask most people, I don't think they would be, you know, oh, someone else directed this. You know, I think if I think it pivots pretty well, at least aesthetically, yeah. to where it feels like one continuous piece. Absolutely. And there's a tremendous amount of emotion in this movie, too. I think that is worn on the face of Michael B. Jordan in this movie to the point where, like like I said uh, earlier, he was the unsung hero of Creed, and I think he's the unsung hero of Creed, too, Yeah. in that his performance in this is, like, he is really committed, both emotionally and physically, um, not just with getting in shape and the way he handles himself and carries himself in those training and boxing scenes, but the way he wears emotion on his face, like, especially when he gets his ass handed to him in the ring. Yeah. I mean, like, this guy is, uh, man, he he, deser- he deserves a lot more praise and a lot more accolades. Unfortunately, this isn't the movie that would give it to him. Um, but I think he's just as good in this as he is in the first film. I, I agree. He's given uh, he's given a lot to do, and I think, especially in this film, the kind of the, the arc he undergoes, I feel like he, most actors could run the risk of maybe overdoing it, making the character uh, a little bit one note in terms of when he's going through like you know his 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 period of doubt. But but he he carries it with he rides that fine line where you're always engaged and you always connect with him uh i think he's very he gives a very relatable performance i think you can always kind of feel where he's at yeah no I, i'm with you on that for sure uh what'd you think of the cameo at the end of the film uh, without giving it away um i liked it i you know yeah. at the beginning of the movie because you don't see they, they elude and you never see and, you know, I didn't know if they were going to show. And then when they did show, my audience reacted in a way that had nothing to do with the movie. It was just because of who it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, that which, was kind of that was kind of distracting to me, I, that, which is a shame because I feel like and that's not the actor's fault. No, it's not. And it's not. The, no. Yeah, it, it's not. A lot. Of, a lot has happened uh, since the last time yeah. that this actor was involved in this franchise. <laughs> a lot has. So, um, yeah, I, I liked it. I, they, they set it up early on uh, with Rocky's kind of I, I would say Rocky's first scene. Right. They kind of set up where he's at and sort of like a resolve to or a, a need to kind of find peace or, or find someone or you know i don't want to give yeah. too much away like you said but but i was waiting for that shoe to drop and I, they were towards the end of the movie i was like when is this shoe gonna drop is it gonna like it'd be kind of a bummer if it doesn't and he's just kind of alone and sad you know so i was glad we got that and i think i was thinking that more like oh finally more so than who it was but i can see where it might throw off other audience members yeah i mean that that's it has, it, like I said, it has no fault on the movie or anything no, like no. that. I just wanted to pay attention to it uh, for a moment here because it was definitely a memorable component of the screening I was in. That's for sure. Yeah, and I thought you know, I did think the handling of it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty 
heartwarming scene. Yeah. Oh no, I'm totally with you on that. I thought so as well. It made made me feel good. Now the only now the only question I have left on my mind uh, after I walk away from such an emotionally <laughs> fulfilling experience like this is I want to know if Rocky's streetlight ever turns on. <laughs> Poor guy. Someone <laughs> fix the man's streetlight. Well, that was such a reoccurring component in the script that I, I almost thought that the light was meant to be somewhat symbolic and that if it turned on at some point, like towards the end of the movie, like there would be some sort of, a, you know, tie or connection to emotionally where the characters are at or something. You know what I mean? And that I, I doesn't happen. about that, but that makes a lot of sense. And I think he even says something about the light that kind of furthers its like its possible symbolic status. But yeah. you're right. They don't really. Eh. You know, they had too much. They had too much to do, I guess. Uh, a couple other things I just want to point out mm-hmm. here. This th- you could consider to use my final thoughts before we get to Grey's and Oscar potential here. Mm-hmm. Um, Felicia Rashad uh, reprises her role as uh, Marianne Creed in yeah, the first right. film, uh, Adonis's uh, mother, mm-hmm. and l- love every scene that she is in. Um, that like, I I, I want to see more. That that's what I mean when I say like I need I need a story with just the Creed name. And I need, like, more of these characters uh, really, really badly because yeah. I really, really, really love every time that she was on screen. Uh, Russell Hornsby, who uh, is having quite a good year with this and The Hate You Give, mm-hmm. uh, his notoriety is starting to really, really come up a bit. Um, I wish that there was more to him in this. I feel like maybe that's a character that could carry over to another film. That might be good. They, they set him up as someone that's might be a little more important than I think he pans out to be in the film. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, he's the boxing promoter that sets up the fight and he just sees dollar signs and he doesn't, you know, see these men as human beings. He just sees it as a, a fight that everyone wants to see regardless of the emotional elements and the ties to the past and so on and so forth, which I think is a really fascinating character to explore it outside is. of the ring, but they don't really go far enough with he it. He just kind so. of aids with the call to action and then kind of steps back and just kind of watches. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, great chemistry amongst the main trio, uh, great performances from them, uh, solid all around. Um, I, I saw somewhere online, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said something along the lines of, I think Creed II, um might be the movie that has had the word solid said about it more times than any other film in history. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. <laughs> I, can, I can buy that. Yeah. Because it's not bad. It's not bad. No. It's just not amazing. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, so, yeah, what about you? Any final thoughts? Um, I, me personally, I'm not only good, at, part of me kind of hopes that this is where it wraps up. I just, obviously, you know, these people are, are more creative than us in terms of developing stories. So maybe they'll come up with something for Creed 3 and I'll love it. But at this point place in in this time i have a hard time thinking of a way that they can continue it without feeling like it is uh being artificially kind of extended out well i have to say that i think the last last scene of the film Mm -hmm. i do believe that maybe that is closing the book on this past legacy element it feels like it yeah and there is a way I mean, and this would be very, very daring for the studio to do, but there is a way where Creed 3 or whatever they want to call it, it, it could kind of break the formula. Like, they could take a risk on it if they wanted to. I would be fascinated to see a risk like that with a franchise. Because, I mean, 
it, it, it's Creed 2, but we could also kind of call it Rocky 8 in a technical way, like a slash. But it'd be interesting to see yeah. a, a risk like that with a franchise that is, for the most part, very formulaic. Now, I have to ask this. I have to ask this, too. Mm-hmm. If you if you do a Creed 3, do you bring back Stephen Caple Jr. or do you bring in another new director? That's a good point. I don't know. I think personally, my, I think you bring in a new director. I would say a new director would would be good, but I'm actually be more curious about who would write it, whether Stallone well, would continue beyond past. I think in order to kind of you know close, like I said, that book, so to speak, I yeah. definitely think you do need whoever, like like Ryan Coogler wrote and directed the first. I think you need a writer director to step in and both write and direct the third film and not have Stallone write it so that we don't have so many callbacks and so on and so forth yeah yeah. i think the only way it's going to work is if they do their best to break the mold as much as humanly possible that would that would definitely be a test a a, a rocky less extension of this series would be would be something i'd be curious to see at the very least the worst case scenario is that each sequel follows some sort of a plot formula from the corresponding Rocky films. Yes. That would destroy yes, me. Which is another Star Wars kind of similarity that, that that's had to fight off. Ugh. I, I, I wouldn't be able... I, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I, like, I, ugh, I, I couldn't. He could fight I can't even comprehend. Clubber Lang's son or something, right? We could just keep riding it out. Like, who's today's version of Hulk Hogan that you would bring in? Oh, God. You know? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> the Ro- I feel like it's not even The Rock anymore. I have no idea who you'd bring yeah. in. <laughs> Yo, The Rock. <laughs> Yo, Michael B. Jordan and The Rock, like in a boxing match, is epic beyond words. That would be pretty crazy. <laughs> I feel like it's funny because you said like the corresponding sequel. I feel like in Creed two though, they've managed to kind of like fit in like callbacks to Rocky two, callbacks to Rocky three, callbacks to Rocky four. It's like they crammed them all into this one in a way that I think is entertaining. But it's like I don't know what else he could really touch on. I mean, well, hopefully that's it. You know, because yeah, there's exactly. no way we're going to the other the other sequels. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nobody needs a rehash of Rocky Five. Thank you. I, I agree. <laughs> uh, what grade would you give this? Um, I would give this. I'm gonna give this a seven. I enjoyed it. Uh, I actually saw it twice. Not wasn't my plan, but uh, I enjoyed it just as much the second time. And and uh, yeah, I think a seven. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I would go a seven out of ten as well. Okay. Very solid, very good. A few flaws, a few but flaws. enough to recommend to people for sure. I would say if they like the first film, I think they'll definitely like the second one. I don't know if they'll like it as much, but I think they'll like the second one if they enjoyed what they got with the first. Yeah. With the, with the exception of those people who felt like the first one relied too heavily on the Rocky mythos, yeah, they might be oh. a little disappointed. <laughs> this goes overboard with this that. This does. This does. <laughs> uh, the first film. Did receive an Oscar nomination for Sylvester Stallone. A lot of people are hoping that this film can continue, not like, you know, awards for him, but Mm -hmm. for the franchise in general. Um, I'm of the belief that this will not receive a single Oscar nomination. Yeah, unfortunately. I think when we hit hit on it, I think the sound design is fantastic. Yeah. Um, But... I don't see it walking away with any non- nominations, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. No, I- I'm with you on that. Um, it's it's not that kind it, of movie. No, it's not. It really isn't. I mean, a lone sound mixing nomination would be so cool, but that would be. But that's <laughs> that's yeah. not the world we live in, unfortunately. <laughs> it's doing great though. It's doing great business, isn't it? It's it's doing real well. It's doing much better than I thought it was going to. Me too. Me too. 
which I'm kind of happy, you know, I, I enjoy I'm it. very happy about yeah. it. Absolutely. I hope it continues to do very, very well. I just hope that they don't let the money get to their heads too much. And yeah. then they come out with Creed 3 with- <laughs> too quickly, you know, yeah. and, they and they rush the script and production. And you know what I mean? Because that's, that's kind of what happened here a little bit where Ryan Klugler wasn't available because of Black Panther. And they ended up bringing in uh, Capel. Yeah. And luckily, it turned out okay. It did. You know, but... It's again, it's yeah. like going back to the well thing, though. It's like, be careful. Yeah, exactly. You got to be careful. Yeah. Wasn't Stallone attached to direct at one point? Wasn't that rumored? Yeah, I, I think it was rumored. Okay. I remember that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember everybody all over the internet being like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he handled it well in terms of the screenplay, though. Yeah, enjoyable movie. I this is um I feel like this would be a pretty easy rewatch to fit in with the with the other Rocky sequels. I'm with you. I agree. Okay, uh, with that said, Danilo, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Danilo S. Castro. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Creed 2 here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and now newly on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a comment. It really, really helps for us to be discovered if you leave us a review there. So we really, really appreciate if you could take the time. Even saying the words, very good. Wouldn't that be nice? Just very good. <laughs> or, or in the case of maybe for Creed 2, just say solid. Solid. That's the word of the day. <laughs> exactly. Solid. <laughs> Thank you so much, as always. Uh, but if you also head on over to our Patreon, for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Uh, some reviews that we have elongated for you in full that we usually only give previews to uh, for free. So head on over to Patreon, type in Next Best Picture, and you can find us there for that. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.